Welcome back, everyone, to episode number 12 of Side of the Storm. My name is Evan Wessling, and I am joined alongside my co-host, Mr. Brandon Ness. And we are here to preview Iowa State's upcoming matchup between or with the uh, Kansas State Wildcats, uh, 23rd Kansas State Wildcats. Um, so again, uh, obviously, Iowa State went down to Kansas last weekend, 14-11 in Lawrence. Definitely a very... Um, Sloppy. Yeah. That's the best word to describe it, really. I mean, disappointing pretty much in every facet of the game other than second-half defense, and we covered that in a previous episode, but it's really just not a whole lot went right. No. Offense was stagnant. Special teams did them, just did special teams the last couple of years, and I don't really know. It's just you're seeing some patterns starting to develop here that we need to get switched around in the upcoming game. Yeah. Um, for me, a couple, again... Uh, like Brandon just noted, we have a very... It's actually our longest episode. Um, I'm not really shocked by that. But our longest episode of so far this season is the, our Kansas reaction. So I'd go ahead and listen to that. Um, or maybe you guys are kind of past the point where you don't want to be depressed anymore. Which, you know, fair enough. But if you if you do want a full review of that game, um, we do have that available. We will go over like a couple little things for that game. And I'll start that off with... Couple guys I thought played really well last Saturday was Orion Vance once again, and uh, Jeremiah Cooper. Um, again, I don't really know what happened with Malik Verdon. Uh, I didn't see him much, but Cooper played really well. Was really all over the field, and Vance was Orion Vance. Another strip, force fumble. Uh, just he's been really good. Um, and then I guess briefly what went wrong. I mean, you guys know it. Offense was very. They stalled out a lot, not a lot of creativity. Um, and like Brandon said, special teams are special teams. Yeah, I mean, didn't really see all – you said it. No, no creativity, no shots down the field with the exception of one. I mean, it really seems like we're kind of falling into last year's scheme with a completely different group of guys. Yeah. Um, but we're going to move on from that game because nobody here wants to talk about it that much anymore. But – like I said, uh, Kansas State is coming into Ames ranked 20th. They are 4-1 and and 2-0 and in conference play. Um, they're non-cons. They did go 2-1 and there. And they beat South Dakota and Missouri, both those being at home. And then also lost to Tulane at home uh, right before Big 12 play started. I mean, that it's really just kind of an outlier of a game, we think. It's still somewhat early in the season. Yeah. So you... You think you know everything about the teams, you really don't, but through two conference games for everyone outside of Oklahoma State and TCU, TCU who's only played one, but I think you know what you're going to get with each team, and Kansas State will get into their style of play later, but it's definitely just a run-first offense, and they have multiple ways of attacking you, and both are really strong. Yeah, um, and then like we mentioned, they're 2-0 in Big 12, uh, there are two games. They went into Norman and won 41-34. And then also last week they beat Tech 37-28. So two really strong wins out of the gates. Um, Oklahoma, I feel like, should still be good. They're going through, like, a first-year coach struggle right now. But Oklahoma still has talent. Like, they'll pick it up in the back end. Again, it's kind of like not it's, – it's, it's similar to, in a sense, like Iowa State in a way that they're not young, but it's all very new because they're one of the teams that are very transfer portal heavy. Um, and you don't see a lot of those teams find success right away. Kansas is a an exception. But um, a lot of the teams right now in college football that, like, tend to really build their roster are the transfer portal have kind of had to really – get that chemistry going and I don't think they're all the way there yet. Oklahoma's a fascinating team this year. I mean they went from under Lincoln Riley getting frustrated because it was all offense no defense. Yeah. And now it's a situation where it's okay they don't have either. Yeah. I mean their offense is fine and that's just mostly because of their talent. And it's just kind of a strange situation it is the coach's first year with Venables so I mean gotta cut them a little bit of slack here but they've been blown out pretty much twice that Kansas State score was closer than it the oh, game yeah. really was yeah. so it's just they got a lot going on but I mean Kansas State handled them and they did it through the run game which you usually don't see against a team like Oklahoma who has recruits at their doorstep every single year yeah 
And their tech win was, you know, that that's still a really good win. There's not really going to be like a time where like, yeah, I mean that that was like like that was a all right win in the Big Twelve. Like they're going to be harder in wins, and obviously Tech did, took down Texas in Week One, um, but again K State won that one thirty seven twenty eight against Tech. Um, but to start off with their offense, um, they're put up four hundred six yards a game. Uh, 267 of those are on the ground. So, like Brandon said not too long ago, they're a very, very run-heavy team. Complete opposite of us. Yeah. Um, and then they're averaging 32 points a game. Uh, as we highlight their quarterback, it's transfer uh, Adrian Martinez. Nebraska fans in shambles for just another reason to add on to all the other ones. Just another reason why Scott Frost is a terrible coach. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, Adrian Martinez has looked like it's not looked like he 100% has been this is the best season he's had in his collegiate career um he hasn't been asked to throw the ball at Kansas State they're really using him to his skill set and he's just in a situation where they're like I mean obviously if you guys paid attention to Nebraska a little bit you didn't have to know him a lot to know that like Adrian Martinez was a turnover machine especially late in games yeah um, but as a passer, you know, he's thrown for 654, three touchdowns and no picks. So in that, like, he's done his job. I think the only time you look at it and you're like, okay, we see the struggle is Tulane because, you know, clearly they put up 10 points, couldn't run the ball great, so they're kind of forced into throwing it a little yeah, more. and then that game they kind of got behind early, so yeah. it's just kind of a situation where if you get them into the situation where they have to pass – that's how you beat them. Yeah. So that's going to play into one of my keys of victory is just getting out fast. You really want to get an early lead on them because if they can melt, melt the down, clock down in the second half, if they're up by 7 to 10 like Baylor was, we're in trouble. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Martinez has done his job as a passer, hasn't turned over. Um, but uh, his strength is without a doubt his legs – as he's gone for 469 yards and nine touchdowns, which is just freaking ridiculous to say that as a quarterback. Um, and I think I saw a thing today. He's third in the Big 12 in rushing yards. Um, and the guy in first is their halfback. Yeah, he's an absolute stud. And we knew it coming in. He's been there for his third year now, I believe. I think so. Um, or at least started, like third year, like starting or being yeah. the running the lead running the lead back. I think he started as a true freshman, if I remember right, or redshirt at least. So yeah. he's been there for a while. You know where you're going to go with him. He's really fast. He can go in the middle and outside, which is not typical for a guy of his size. And yeah. He's kind of a guy that, um, uh, what's his name? Dion should model his game after. Yeah. That's the goal, but that's kind of a lofty goal yeah. at this point. Um, but it's just another shot for this defense to try to control the run, and they've done it fairly well to start the year yeah. against Baylor. They were all right. I think and, like it looked worse like in the game. And then you kind of look at the stats, and you're like, okay, well they held them. I think it was like it was under three yards of carry, but then they also didn't get the stops when they needed to. So take that with what you want. Yeah, and a lot of that was just at the end of the game too, when they were just melting clocks. So. Yeah. Stats are kind of hard to read, especially when you're looking at them after the game. Yeah. But overall, the run defense has done well, and it's just the only issues they really have with that is just once teams get outside on them. Yeah. Um, but my apologies. Uh, we've said the halfback in case some people aren't um, in the know of his name. It is Deuce Vaughn. Sorry. Should have mentioned that right away. Oh, but, yeah. yeah. Uh, the running back is Deuce Vaughn. Um, I don't know what he's listed at, but he's definitely under 5'8". I think he might be listed at 5'8", but it's probably a situation he's – smaller than well Brandon will look at it right now as I kind of list his stats um but yeah like I said he's a leading rusher in the big 12 he has 638 yards uh three touchdowns now the touchdown stat would definitely be a lot more inflated but what they do a lot in the goal line uh situations is kind of just quarterback keepers and that's where you see like Adrian Martinez having those nine touchdowns he has some he's he has had some really long ones but a lot of times in the red zone uh and once you kind of get like inside the uh, like around like the five yard line, you'll see a lot of QB power stuff. So they kind of use, uh, you know, Adrian as their goal line guy, just because again, Deuce's size is kind of hard to get those yards when you're not a big physical body. Yeah, right there. But and looked it up. He's listed at five six one seventy six, which is probably accurate. Yeah. Um, I didn't know he's from Texas. That's news to me. But <laughs> I can't imagine him going against Texas high school teams but no. whatever that's besides the point and yeah like you said they're using adrian martinez for his game which is why he's not making the mistakes that he did in nebraska where he was 
forced to throw it 30 times a game. Yeah. It makes sense, and a lot of respect to Kleinman. He's really turned his game around, which is not easy to do when you have a guy like Martinez who's in his fourth or fifth year now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we do have to mention this, um, and hopefully this is, a, this is a game where if Iowa State wants to win, you're going to have to get Martinez out of the run game a little bit. Um, so with that, the two guys you really need to look out in terms of their receivers are Malik Knowles and Phillip Brooks. They've both been there for a while. Phillip Brooks is their gadget guy. He's their kick returner, punt returner. You'll see him on jet jet, jet sweeps, end arounds, screens. He's like a knoll, basically. Uh, Malik Knowles, he's also pretty fast. You'll see him on a couple end around plays, potentially. Um, but he's their big body, kind of do-it-all kind of guy. Uh, their stats, though, they're both pretty even. Uh, Knowles has 15 catches for 157 yards at a touchdown. Phillip Brooks has 16 catches for 155 and a touchdown. So they basically mirror each other. Um, and then Knowles has one carry for 75 and a touchdown, and Phillip Brooks has two for nine. Uh, and then I guess another receiver you can throw out there is Cade Warner. He's got 14 catches for 133 yards and a, and a touchdown. So those three guys are really, really similar in terms of yards, receptions, and they all have one touchdown. Um so the two main guys I'd say are Malik Knowles and Phillip Brooks. Uh, I don't really – I actually don't know who Cade Warner is. Um, I didn't know who Malik Knowles and Phillip Brooks are, though. So uh, I would say those three, but mainly Malik Knowles and Phillip Brooks. Yeah, they've always kind of had the same things on the outside. Never, like, super good receiver. Yeah. Ever since Jordy, probably. Yeah, Aaron Lockett was Lockett the was most good. recent, yeah. Um, but they've always just kind of been the same style. You me- mentioned their – returner and they always have really good special teams which is an area of concern for us especially after last game so you definitely don't want to see a kickoff return or anything like that you don't want to mess with that especially with our offense seeming right now incapable to put drives together consistently at the very least so i mean definitely it's the receiver shouldn't be a major factor in this game and that just kind of plays into you want to make them one-dimensional yeah and if you can i think you'll be successful and it's really just stopping the run and then receiving comes second. I think our cornerbacks have been locked down this year, so I don't really expect it to be an issue. Yeah, and I and I you, it's funny you just said cornerbacks. I was gonna mention like, I'll be curious to see. I I would assume that you'll probably see Tampa on Knowles for most of the time and purchase on Brooks just because that's like a very good size um, speed matchup. Yeah, uh, purchase is the smaller guy, smaller corner, and Philip Brooks is a smaller receiver. And then, like I said, Malik Knowles is their tall guy, and Tampa's a tall guy. So um, I'm not really worried in terms of them, like, really picking on the corners. And me and Brandon were talking about this the other day. But, like, TJ Tampa doesn't have the stats look like he's a good corner. But please tell me the last time you saw a quarterback throw at TJ Tampa, like, this season. He's been completely locked down. Nothing goes on his side of the field. It's really him and linebacker, too. Vaughn. Vaughn. Yeah. It's really him and Vaughn on that side of the field. It's just completely locked down. And that's why it can be a little frustrating when it's, like, super predictable when Iowa State's on defense. You're like, okay, they're only running this way. That's why. It's because they're only they're always going to run at Reader and Purchase. And that's nothing against Purchase. They're just – I think they kind of pick on him size-wise a little bit. Um, and he's still young. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Tampa's it's, had an extra year, I want to say, over Purchase. Um but, yeah, I mean, either way, like, and Purchase has been a good corner. Like, Very yeah. few mistakes for a young guy out there, Yeah, especially at a corner position where it's you see it go wrong a lot of times when you have young guys out there. Yeah, and honestly, now that I think about it, I think Will's on the same side that's Vaughn and Tampa. So that the left side of the field is loaded with star power um, at all three levels. Um, so, I mean. And then it's really just – Okay, if you're going right, then you start to get into these tendencies where you can start game planning against that, especially at halftime when Haycock does all his things and yep. puts him in a shutout. And that's really just, okay, we're going to shift everybody a little bit to that side, and mm-hmm. then hopefully when we get these one-on-ones, we can tackle in space, and we usually do. Yeah. Um, but we are gonna, we'll move on to the def- or Kansas State's defense. Uh, it's not a K-State defense like – like like ones that they've had in recent years, K State's been known for like just good defenses and kind of don't turn the ball over. You know, they've they have they haven't really been a very pass heavy team and since since Colin Klein, which oh, is funny because don't mind me. which is funny because Klein is the OC there. 
Um, but they're, I mean, obviously this year he definitely adjusted, him and Kleiman uh, definitely adjusted to their quarterback and his strengths. But uh, they've definitely been, um, in terms of offense, more run heavy as of late. Uh, and that kind of, you know, piggybacks off the defense. They're just kind of, they're a, uh, they're like a Big Twelve Iowa in a way, almost. It's, Definitely, they're four down as well. Yeah, and they're very similar stylistically. And I think Kleinman coming from North Dakota State kind of implemented that, yeah. especially with the FCS being very much four down power game, a lot of screens. Yeah, you're gonna see some of the same stuff, and that really benefits their recruiting. And I saw a video of Kleinman today talking on ESPN that their recruiting is like. Their wording for that when they go and interviews and use all the coach speak is the exact same as Campbell. It's like, okay, we're going to recruit guys that fit our system. Yeah. And they've been doing that forever since the vampire was there. <laughs> and it's the same thing now. Yeah. Um, but we're kind of giving praise to their old defenses. Um, their defense, at least early in the season, has not been to probably climbing standard. Uh, they're allowing 370 yards a game. Uh, 18 points is that, I mean, the 18 points can win them games. Um, but the yardage has been a little bit of an issue. Yeah, and that being said, they've played pretty good competition. Yeah. So it's not like they're playing South Dakota or Southeast Missouri State every single game. They've played pretty much four Power 5 teams. Tulane isn't, but they're upper-level group of five five team, and obviously they beat them, so they're really good. Yeah. Um, And then you look at Missouri, SEC, so they definitely got the guys to play with them, and they put up 12, which is not necessarily indicative of what Missouri is as they just hung with Georgia. Yeah. Um, And then Oklahoma, they're going to put up points. Texas Tech, they're air raid, they're going to put up points. Yeah. Um, But I did want to kind of sense, obviously, um, you know, it's good to see, like, what these teams do in non-con, but once you kind of get to this stage, you're a couple games in, you really only need to focus on what they're doing in the Big 12. Um, so to say that, to show you what this defense has done against Oklahoma and Tech, they gave up 550 yards and 34 points to OU, which is not good. It, they won the game. And again, you kind of mentioned that a lot, a little bit of those stats were inflated at the end because they were just playing a little prevent, yeah. don't lose it. So. They're not used to playing that defense. No. But at the same time, though, like you get those yards at the end, but at the end of the day, they still gave up a lot. Yeah. And it's against OU, so it is what it is. I don't really... Their defense is still solid. It's not, like, a really bad defense. No. Um, And then uh, Tech put up 473 yards and 28 points last week. So, in terms of early in the big... They have played more air raid style systems to begin, um, which we'll kind of get into later, that the way you're going to beat these guys defensively is not on the ground. Um, but anyway, uh, that that's just to kind of show you what this defense has looked like against Big Twelve play. Um, but to go to their star of the defense, all right, guys, we're gonna we're gonna give this my best shot. Um, Felix Onaduki Oz- Uzama. That's what we're gonna go with. He's number ninety one. You'll hear his name a lot if you're watching it on TV. Uh, if you're gonna be at Jack Trice, the number is ninety one. So and you'll know who he is when he walks out. Yeah. Uh, big He's boy, a big guy, really good. I think him and Will tied for the sack leader last season, or maybe he was like one up on Will by a little bit. Two different styles, but both equally effective. Yeah, uh, Felix is a power rusher. Um, he'll beat you in the run first, and then when you get to the that third down, that's where he just hits a different gear and he gets into that pass. Uh, you'll see more of kind of. Uh, He'll just push you back into the – he'll push the tackle back in the quarterback's, quarterback's lap, like lots of bull rushes. Um, but he's really good. He has 19 tackles and five and a half sacks, uh, and he had three sacks uh, last week for his tech. So he's their star. Uh, it should be a high draft pick come draft day uh, this upcoming spring. Definitely, and their whole defensive line is full of studs, and they had another guy that got three sacks last week. So yeah. it's – you get him locked up, you still got somebody else coming after you, and it's going to be a big game for Deckers, especially following last week when he had troubles with pocket presence. Yeah, That's the biggest area of concern coming into this game, really. It's okay, there's going to be a lot of pressure up the middle. You're going to have to escape the pocket, and we didn't really see that last week at all, so hopefully that improves. Yeah, and then you mentioned another guy had three sacks. That's uh, Khalil Duke. Um, he's a linebacker, so probably more of an edge guy. Um, but like like Brandon said, he had three sacks last year. Then they have a couple guys with one and a half. Um, but 
it's it's a good pass rushing team. It's more of they really don't let you beat they 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 don't let other teams beat them in the run, and then they kind of get to like when they know it's a pass, then they kind of get those premier guys that can get to the quarterback. That's when they really get their sacks going. Um, but it's a good D line. Um, in terms of a couple other names I had mentioned, uh, linebacker Austin Moore leads the team with 35 tackles, also has one and a half sacks. And then safety Kobe Savage has 32 tackles and two picks. Uh, so kind of similar to last week in a sense, uh, we kind of highlighted in their leading tackler, their leading sack guy, and their best secondary player. So obviously their best um, pass rusher is Felix. Um the linebacker Austin Moore, the leading tackler, and Kobe Savage is kind of a guy like Kenny Logan that'll make a play on the back end. And you know, we talked about Kenny Logan last week, and he may have made the play that ultimately won Kansas the game by knocking that ball out of Hutch's hands in that left corner of the end zone, where we ultimately um, settled for three. So those are the guys that I have mentioned in terms of the K State defense. Yeah, they're all around solid. Yeah, I think. Honestly, if we can't beat up on the Kansas defense, we're going to struggle no matter what. So yeah. it's just something's got to change. I think it's more on our offense than it is their defense. Frankly. Yeah. Um, but getting into injuries, so I'll start with us. Now, I, again, we don't really know. Well, you're never going to know injuries at Iowa State. Um, but the two guys I have jotted down are Hertavius Norton and Jarrell Brock. Both very up in the air. Um, I listened to Campbell's presser today, and he, Randy Peterson, that was like the first question he asked was about Jirel and Cartavius. He just mentioned both guys are day-to-day. He needs to see how they do in practice Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, we're recording this on Tuesday. So today and tomorrow, you guys are hearing this on Wednesday. But either way, during these two days of practice this week, he says he'll have better news for us. Will we actually know what that means? No, because the only time he gives information out is on Tuesday, and it's not even that much. So, unfortunately, there's a very high chance we see Deion Silas again. Um, I will say I would be a little bit more confident in terms of they're going to scheme around him for this week, whereas um, I'm sure Manning made adjustments, maybe, but it's not <laughs> really like... Something like Haycock, where it's a complete shift and you see that, you really see the same style of offense. So hopefully, I'm sure they honestly know if those guys are going to be able to go or not this week. Um, I would hope, obviously I'd want Jirel more than anything, but I would at least hope Norton is better. I know he got injured in practice the week of Kansas, that's why he didn't make the trip to Lawrence. So if anything, um, if Jirel can't make it, I'm just really, really hoping Norton can because we need a physical back. Absolutely, just one of the two is huge. Honestly, they're the two guys that have proven to make plays on their own. Yeah. And it's it's just a complete game changer. I don't – my gut tells me we don't see either of them. It's going to be a really physical game, so I doubt it, and that's going to mean probably like 50 passes for Deckers, Again. which scares me. But, I mean, you got you're not going to beat them running the ball either way, I don't think. It's no, just, but it's, it's you don't want to keep – one-dimensional the entire game it's a situation like iowa where yes that game was ugly and i think decker still like the threw the ball almost 40 times but Jirel again also had like 25 plus carries that game so like he did enough to make iowa respect it and that helped deckers out a lot and it put less pressure on deckers the other thing too they got to mention about cartavius and Jirel, they're both taller stronger physical more physical backs which means a lot more in terms of pass protection I don't think people maybe took that into – I think, like, like when you look at a running back, you kind of really take into yards. The one thing I can give Dion is he's probably a better guy out of the backfield. Like, Jarrell will make people miss, but, you know, Dion's a quick, shifty scat back who can get it and, you know, hit a hole and get upfield fast. But in terms of pass protection, like, you're putting a guy like Dion, who I'm – I'd say he's probably 5'6". He's very similar height to Deuce. So, like – you just you don't see those guys being pass protectors, um, and so having a guy like Jarrell or Cartavius, obviously I'd want them for the run game, but I think the physicality is more important in terms of pass protection. Yeah, I would agree there, and especially with the game plan that's going to be implemented going into this game, you're going to need some pass blocking with your running backs, especially since the tight ends haven't really been there. Yeah. And O-line is what O-line is at Iowa State. Mm-hmm. It's never going to be elite. So 
I don't know. I think we're going to be seeing a lot of quick passes like we have the last couple of weeks, and it's it is what it is. And then hopefully, if you get your time in the pocket, then you can take a deep shot. Yeah. Uh, as for K State, they had a couple guys listed that are out for the year. It didn't look like they had anything on the stat sheet. So I don't, again, I don't know how important they are. It didn't. There wasn't like a name that I knew. Uh, and I looked at stats. It none of them were really recorded. So gonna mark it off as a scratch and basically nothing unless something happens in practice or Kleiman hasn't announced something something along those lines um but those are the that's the injuries all of it really like mainly on us is a big question mark uh, and we just really need one of those guys hopefully either one's good to go um but getting into keys of the victory I'll start with my first one uh, it's kind of two but I I need to see Iowa State spread the ball slash open up the playbook um i just think so i saw a clip on twitter today um it was levi i don't know how to say his last name but he works for or he's on like the wide right natty natty light staff um but he just posted the play it was the third and 12 with like five ish minutes to go in the kansas game we ended up punting but hutch ran like a four yard out and then dimitri ran like a six or seven yard out on the other side and then Dean ran like a six yard curl and then Noel is running um I don't know maybe like an eight yard dig so we talked about this in the last in the Kansas reaction there was too much shallow crossers or just plays that didn't go to the sticks and that's unacceptable yeah, and that play you're talking about, it was 3rd and 11 at the 40-ish. I'm guessing yeah. what their thought process was is we're going to go for 4th no matter what. Sure. But at the same time, you have you to have something going up past yeah. the 6. Because especially with Deckers as a quarterback, where you have the arm strength that we didn't have the last couple of years, yeah. you want to utilize that. You have Demetrius Stanley, who's fast. Jalen Knoll's still fast. Correct. We've seen him make plays downfield. And especially when you're not going to go to a tight end. Yeah. who can actually be physical and get past the sticks even if you're not running the full 11. Yeah. And that that was one play, so I don't want to – it's completely in a vacuum, but I don't want to make it for more than it is. But, I mean, you at saw same, that at a couple points in the game. Well, and it doesn't and, – and like, it was – the this style of offense is the most annoying when you see a third and eight and they throw, like, a four-yard shallow crosser to Hutch and they kind of count on him to pick up four – um, and I get you want to get it into your guys' hands, but, like, when you're instantly, like, throwing down four-yard start of the sticks, like, you can be like, hey, like, we trust this guy to hopefully give us a shot to get a first down, but at the end of the day, you need to run to the sticks or pass the sticks. Like, that's not something that's like, eh, we'll just dump it down, hopefully and get there. No, you dump it down if nothing else is open. You need to get the ball out and you want to have a shot. But like, like when, like, when your first reads is Hutch, your first reads, like, basically always going to be Hutch, unless, like, it's a design screen. Correct. So when you run Hutch on a shallow crosser for three or four yards on third and eight, you're asking to punt it. Especially when, so far this season, we've seen a lot of guys going east and west trying to break tackles more than just getting upfield and getting the yards yeah. you can. I don't know. I don't understand going short of the sticks unless you have a guy that's physical, and we didn't on that play. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I'll try to, like, differentiate the two that I had in terms of this key first off spread the ball I think we've mentioned this for the past couple episodes previews and reactions for both big 12 games take a shot you like you just said this you have a guy like Dimitri who we've seen now get open on back-to-back posts back-to-back games one of them for a touchdown one was almost a 60-yard play I like I'm like I'm sitting here like what else do you want to do like Throwing two fades on the sideline, in my opinion, don't really count as shots downfield. You're throwing a 50-50 ball. You need to you need to design a – I know it will be a slower-developing play, but trust your speed. Trust your playmakers. You have the arm. Use it. Yeah, and I can't agree more with that. I mean, we've seen it so many times this season. And the deep stuff has yet to fail miserably like it has the last couple no he's never like, he has he hasn't thrown a deep pass it's been like picked off he doesn't over, underthrow it the worst thing was a overthrow to Jalen Null, which like you said or you just said he doesn't underthrow it a overthrow is miles better than a than a underthrown we've seen underthrown balls for the past four years so like i just want to point out like 
you have a quarterback that's overthrowing guys. That's not an issue. No. Like, obviously, it sucks sometimes, like it did in that the Knoll versus Ohio game. But, like, that's not something that you'd be like, oh, he overthrew him. Let, let's not do that. If he's underthrowing guys, it's a different story. If he's overthrowing guys, he's putting it in a situation where it's only his guy that can get it. Yeah, and it really, at this point, especially, it's even more of a thing now when you have two running backs that are likely going to be out. Yeah. More than likely. Um, you're going to need multiple facets of your offensive passing game to be in rhythm. Yeah. And if you're going five yards every single play, you become very predictable. And then you're, not, you're not only one-dimensional, but that makes it much easier on the defense. Much easier on the defense because if you're only throwing five yards, you can all come in, and then you're stopping the run and the pass at the same time. Yeah. So if you spread them out even a little bit, that opens up everything in your offense. Uh, yeah, and then you played off that perfectly. I like my like I said, the other thing for opening the playbook. I'm not saying like anything crazy, but like a jet sweep or a end around to Noel or Dimitri every now and then. Like give your speedy guys, your playmakers, the ball in space, and they try to do that with screens. But I'm gonna be honest, like eventually teams catch on to the screens. Like you'll see Iowa State have has have success in the screen game early on, and the teams know it's coming. But again. Once, one, after you see it a couple times, then like you adjust like in game and you figure out like your personnel that's gonna best suit this against the screen. Yeah. But like, that's where like you see later on the screens don't work because they've been adjusted to. And I think that's what Manning's trying to do is get a guy like Noel the ball or Hutch where they're kind of, they can kind of make guys miss and they can you know eventually get up field. Um, but like a like a uh, end around every now and then or like out routes aren't bad or stuff the sideline but like the south missouri state game like there were so many shots over the middle like going to the middle of the field like attack the middle every now and then it just feels like you throw to the sideline and you throw short stuff and then maybe if we're lucky we'll get one deep shot a game like again a deep shot most of the time is down the middle and we've seen it work almost every time under decker so i'm just kind of sitting here like run have some play designs crossing over the middle and i don't mean shallow crossers like attack like 15 20 yards yeah and i was just thinking while you were saying that have we had a single trick play all year no i haven't i couldn't think of one but that's something it's halfway through the season i mean like like look at last year you like had 11 points last week yeah well Let's try something different yeah and how much of a momentum swing is it like think of like last year hutch to milton right like that's a huge and it especially when it's, it was a night game i think juicy wiggle started going after that one like Trick plays energizes everyone. A touchdown energizes everyone, but like when you see a receiver th- throw a touchdown to a receiver, everyone in that stadium is beyond juiced. And you have that coach, that coaching staff, feeling like we just a, a wide receiver just threw a touchdown on us. Like you have to try. I, I'm like that's that's that like that's all I'm asking for. If it's not successful, whatever, open it up, try it. Yeah. Because what you scored eleven points last game against a very subpar defense. I don't think we can ask for anything more. Stop with the shallow stuff, like, constantly. Take take shots that are 15, 20 yards over the middle, and please, for the love of God, throw some bombs. You have the arm. You have the speed. Yeah, and that really leads in perfectly to my first key to victory, and I've mentioned it earlier on this podcast, but it's really just getting out fast, and that yeah. includes your thing of taking shots. You're not going to get out fast by running the ball for three no. yards. Especially with a guy like Dion. Yeah, but it's just forcing Kansas State out of their game early on. You're not going to want them running the ball and milking clock the whole second half. That's going to be a disaster for us, especially with, I don't want to harp on it too much, but with our kicking game, even if we're down three, it gets... I I think last week showed that we're not going to have... You really take for granted when, when you have a good field goal kicker like me this last year. Like, he was hitting, like, automatic in the 40s and, like, he gave you a shot on 50 yarders and I think like he made like a log of 54. So like you really take for granted, like what you have. Uh, and it kind of brings us back to like a Sally in like 18, 19, kind of 20, or you're just like, 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 like we've seen, you're going to see fourth and sevens because there's just no trust. There's not a lot of it. And I think after last week that dwindles down a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And that's leads perfectly in my second key, which is just cleaning up special teams as a whole. Yeah. Pretty much every facet of special teams was bad outside of punting yeah and i mean everything from returning to field goal kicking to 
punt coverage with the illegal touching after fair catch, whatever they call it. Yeah. And it's really just get out of your own way. Don't lose the game. Don't make yourself lose it. If you're going to lose it, if K-State beats you, that's fine. Yeah, they're a good team. But don't lose like we did against Kansas. Yeah, and that the special teams was my that was my third key. That was my major. But I, I'll kind of hit on that a little bit too. Like it's just, and it's funny because um, I was I watched like Chris Williams. Um, his like he has like five keys that he goes over like every week, and for almost every game he has special teams. And he's like, "Sorry guys, like I don't want to be repetitive and say the same thing, but it's like I have a reason to say this." And last week, I think, like, he retweeted it or, like, quote tweeted, like, the link to that thing. And it was just, like, told you so. Like, it's not, like, something, like, it's very serious at Iowa State. Like, it hasn't really been good ever under Campbell. Um, You've had success in the kicking game one year. But, like, even then, last year was, like, the most cleaned up it was in whole. But there were still issues in terms of, I don't know, like, we gave up some kick returns and... Baylor, we pretty much lost because of it. Yeah. And so, like, and this isn't even, like, obviously, like, you want to see these guys make these field goals. But other things you have to worry about, getting the ball out of the freaking end zone. Like, can like you need some touchbacks or, no yeah. like, these no-muff punts or, like, even on your kick return coverage. Like, Kansas had one that they brought out to the 45, putting the defense in another tough situation. It's not just the field goals. Like you said, the only thing that's gone well for most of the year is punting. But even then, we've had two block punts. Then again, that's a very good special teams team in Iowa. But nonetheless, like... That can't happen. <laughs> like, you've had too many errors already. Like, two blocked punts, a blocked PAT, three missed field goals, um, a muffed punt. You had a kick return taken out to the 45. Like, there's been two... Sl- Bo Freeler, like you noted... Kick uh, catch interference. Yeah. So, there's been too much sloppy stuff. We're five games in. Some of this stuff happened in the non-con. It's happening in conference play. Uh, you can't win games for for a coach who prides himself. Maybe his most popular statement: winning in the margins. Iowa State barely wins in the margins. Hardly ever. I can't. I don't know. He says it all the time, and it just it just makes your eyes roll. Yeah, because it, there's it never so, happens. No, and there's so many other teams that say this. And they do what Campbell preaches, but Campbell hasn't been able... And I'm not, like, harping on Campbell. It's just, like, you have said this almost every year you've been here, and it feels like we never win in the margins. No, hardly ever. Like, we barely win turnover battles because we don't really cause turnovers. Um, We have this year more than we have in the past. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's also, like, I don't know. Like, sometimes, like, like... They've gotten a turnover when they needed it, but sometimes it's also like when Kansas had that drive over there backed up on the five, it was like, this would be awesome for a pick. You set them inside the red zone. Like, that's the turnover, like, they need a little bit more. And, like, we've kind of talked about this a lot. Pressure's been really bad. I think I saw I think we've only had eight sacks on the whole year through five games, two of those being Ohio and South Missouri State. Like, eight sacks is really bad. Um, but, yeah. I just think overall special teams is the major thing that you need to clean up. You're not going to win in the margins. You're not going to win in the Big 12 if you have these this unit that's that bad. That 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 is this bad. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. Um, my second one, but I'll end it off on my last one. Uh, it was very similar to last week in terms of my defensive key. It's actually the same thing. It's just contain Martinez, and then I'll put in like Deuce Vaughn in that situation, like. What Iowa State, I couldn't, I don't think Iowa State defense could have played any better outside of the one, like, legit touchdown drive they gave up, which most of that ultimately came on a, like, 35-yard pitch on, like, the triple option. But either way, like, we made Jalen Daniels sit in the pocket and beat us with his arm, and he, I mean, he, Kansas didn't beat us. I mean, we simply beat ourselves, and, like, he was 50% for, like, 90 yards, and then running the ball... He was only eight eight carries for nine yards. So we they schemed perfectly against Jalen Daniels. Martinez is a better runner than Daniels, not as good as a, of a thrower, but it's the same game plan. Keep him in the pocket. Don't let him get outside. Once he escapes the pocket, that's where he's the most dangerous. He makes the most plays, whether with it's his leg. Um, most of the time, like, his legs will draw people up, and that kind of opens up a receiver. Yeah. So, again, keep him in, and that's the same thing with Deuce. 
don't let him get past don't let him get to the outside and don't let this be a reader versus Vaughn because I'm not gonna yeah, be yeah it's very much just keep your contained guys on the outside yeah keep them within the t- tackles you want your linebackers making plays not your safeties no, that yeah. was a big thing last week when Bo Freiler has to make a play when there's a run out the middle. We, you know, or, like, Jeremiah sure. Cooper was the one who ended up getting a lot of the tackles. I think him and Bo both had, like, right. there was, like, 13 combined. But it was, like, to your point, you can't let them get to the second level. Linebackers should be making tackles in the run game, not safeties. Yeah. That was a really big thing coming out of last game, other than special teams. Um, but, yeah, it's it's literally, like, the exact same defensive game plan in terms of Kansas. You're seeing you're going to see very similar offenses. Um just one was a little more like poppy, flashy in Kansas. Kansas State's more of a they're just a kind of snooze you to sleep, I guess, but they'll get it done and yeah. they'll put up rushing yards on you and they'll beat you. So like you're seeing you're going to see a very similar defensive game plan back-to-back weeks as you're f- facing very similar quarterbacks. Um so I mean that's that's just the main thing. Yeah. But moving on to predictions, we're starting with uniforms. Um, it's not really a prediction. I feel like it's basically confirmed at this point, but all black. Uh, night game, they've been posting their graphics in black and white with the black unis. Whether this is like black, black, white, or white, black, white, or all black, I'm going to go all black. Just the last two times K-State's come to Jack Trice, it's been all black. One was the retiring of the vampire after a 17-point blown lead, and then the other one... They beat Kansas State forty-five nothing. So all black seems like basically a lock. Yeah, it, I, yeah, that's exactly what I had. There's no way it's anything different. No, uh, player of the game for me. It might be boring, but I just think once again it's Hutch. There's never been a reason for me to feel like he's not going to be a difference maker. I'm just like I predicted Will McDonald last week, and I was just and he made some plays in the run game, but he hasn't really gotten to the quarterback. Um, it, it really feels like there's two guys that you could say every week, and it's. X and Vance. I mean, it feels like those are the two guys that you know are going to play their hearts out, have really good games, both statistically and, you know, the stuff that won't show up there. Like, I think Hutch had 19 targets last week, 13 catches, 100 yards. Vance hit, forced his third fumble, got the turnover when he needed Like, I, I was just, like I said, I'm going X. I just think when we're going to see a very pass-heavy game, you know where the ball is going. Yep. I'm going to go a different direction. Okay. I'm going Deckers. All I right. think for the first time last week, you saw him show a lot of emotion after an interception. Yeah. After not playing well. I think this is a big bounce back game for him. It's at home. It's at night for his first time. Yeah. I think he's played a night game. He played, well, if you count Kansas last year, he came in the fourth quarter. I mean, so not really. Of. That game was out of hand. It's a different situation. Yeah. Um, I think... He's got to bounce back at some point. He has all of the God-given abilities. He's yeah. just got to figure it out learning-wise, and I think this is the game he does that. Yeah, and we've definitely talked about this. And I mean, you said this earlier, and we said this in the recap. His pocket presence has been the worst thing. But, like, he's shown flashes. Like, one thing we didn't give him credit for in that Kansas reaction was his deep ball to Stanley. He stepped up in the pocket and threw a dime. And so, like, he's had it when, like, he's had good pocket presence at times. It's just more of... He's had situations like one we like we both like kind of really remembered was like he got out of a sack and then spun back into the pocket and got sacked. Yeah. So like he's had situations like those or like where he hasn't extended the play, but I'm sure this week is a really rough week for him film wise. Yeah, hundred <laughs> um, percent. Whole I- offense and whole really. Um, but I I would definitely agree. I think this is. If we're going to see the Deckers that I feel like we've seen flashes of and we've got the hype for, if there's ever a week we need him to come out, it, it's it's right now. Yep, and it's really this game is very similar to Iowa, like you said before. This is a game you can't turn it over, mm-hmm. and that's a big thing right now for him. And honestly, it's you should be able to get some deep shots on them a little bit. Yeah. And you don't need a ton. You just need to spread out their defense a little bit so it opens up some of the underneath stuff that we're inevitably going to run a lot of. Yeah. Um, it's not going to ever change under yeah. Manning. We're just, at this point, it's very similar to, like, what like what we've kind of said, like, after that Baylor reaction was, like, man, I wish there was sometimes Haycock could give us a four-man front. That's never going to happen under Haycock. Or, like, man, I really wish we could spread the ball under Manning. Eh, newsflash, it probably won't happen a whole lot. Um, but I cut you off. What were you going to say? 
Oh, I was pretty much done, but, I mean, honestly, Kansas State's not a great defense. Neither was Kansas, and the result was different. It's just he's got to bounce back at some point, and I don't I don't know. This game is very much a wild card. Yeah. This feels like a swing game, especially going into Austin. If you lose this game, it's kind of you're staring on the barrel of 4-0 very easily. Yeah. And I don't think that happens. So I think if we – if we're going to win this game, Deckers is going to need to be on point and no turnovers. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll give my prediction first. Um, I do have Iowa State going down 20-17. to 17. Um, I do think this is a game that Iowa State is more than capable of winning. Um, partial reason that I'm picking K-State, I haven't picked Iowa State to lose all year technically, so I can't be much of an idiot and like keep picking Iowa State. Um, but the reason I say this is just because after last week, and honestly, Baylor, I don't think I have the confidence to say this team, from what we've seen, can win. But I do believe that this team can prove me wrong. I hope they prove me wrong. And I also think you have a night game and Jack tries, and that those are when you wear all black for a night game and Jack tries, and that second juicy wiggle hits. It's very hard to come out of there ultimately with a win. So I do think this is a game Iowa State can most certainly win. Um, I think it's very close to a pick in terms of odds. It's minus two towards K-State. So this is a game that Iowa State can definitely win. I just think until they show me the flashes that we've seen, I, I will take K-State just because K-State at this point has had two good wins and and they are more proven. Um, but yeah, I'm very like on the verge. Like I want to pick Iowa State, but I just until they show me, I, and I do think they can do it this weekend. But until they show me, I, I, I will take K-State for now. All right. I'm picking Iowa State pretty much just because of the environment factors. Yeah. Um, can I you think... name the last starting quarterback to lose a night game? Oof. I don't think Brock ever did, right? Nope. What, do you just want to say it? <laughs> Jacob Park. Okay. Texas. Oh, it's Thursday 17. night. Yep, okay. That miserable game. Yeah, that's That was not... the last true night game Iowa State lost. Which I guess the Iowa game in nineteen was kind of a night game, but it's like about two thirty, and then all the all rain. the rain. Yeah, yeah. But um, nonetheless, I think this is just kind of a get right game. I got us twenty eight twenty four. Um, I don't know. I think two of these touchdowns are rushing, so I don't want to go crazy on Deckers, but um, it's really just kind of this thing where if we limit the run game, it's not that hard to beat them. No. And I think, like, you kind of heard in my response, I want to pick Iowa State so bad. I've just picked them in every game. So I, at some yeah. point I have to, like, switch a little bit. And I think if this game is in Manhattan, no doubt I would, like, be oh, way more confident in K-State. I just I think you hit – like, you really nailed it when you said that, you know, having it, the environment, night game. Also, I, I just find it hard to see Campbell losing three in a row. Especially God, I, I'm, really, I'm, I'm really speaking – that Iowa State's going to win. But I, I'll, I'll have my vote at K-State, I guess. Whatever. Yeah, I can definitely see you tweeting out later this week that you're switching your vote. <laughs> but whatever. FBI, or, yeah, FBI for ESPN has us at 55.3%. And the odds have us at a two-point underdog, so it's pretty much a pick em. Yeah. And it's just oftentimes in those types of games it comes down to the environment and not making mistakes. Do I switch? I'm just. I'm basically saying at this point. Yeah, I. I don't see us going to zero and three, and that's most of my reasoning. I don't really like our matchup head to head against them necessarily. I'm just picking them for the outside factors, which is probably not a smart thing to do. But I'm going to do it anyways. You know what? Screw it. I'm picking Iowa State in, in all six games. It's not like I'm. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I'll, I'll keep my score twenty seventeen. I'll take us. I'm switching. You're going with our kicker. <sighs> yes. <laughs> Uh, okay, maybe 2017 doesn't work. 17-14? And we'll go 24-17. 24-20? Okay. 20, 24-20. We'll lock it. 24-20 lock, okay. all right? Okay. 24-20 lock, Iowa State. I made the switch. I'm sorry. I just... You heard in my voice. I wanted to pick us. I and I and Like I said, I the environment... I, I find it very hard to see Campbell going 0-3. 
But again, we've both said this. This is a game that can easily go either way. Yeah, and there's a lot of times, especially with Iowa State under Campbell, we start a little slow, and we just saw that hit a little later in this season. Mm. Earlier on in the Campbell era, we've seen one and three starts, whatever. And you see two and actually, I mean, if you would have told me Iowa State was three and two going to K State, I wouldn't have been shocked. I just would have thought the loss was Iowa, Iowa and not Kansas. Yeah, so it's so. not like the record's surprising, but it's like when you were three and zero. Oh, and, or you were three and one going into Kansas, you're like expectations change drastically game by game. And yeah. that's why we love the sport. It's also yeah. a downfall when you lose two straight. Yeah, because then you're kind of hitting the pan- panic mode button even when you're three and two above five hundred, well in position to make a bowl. Yeah. Uh, with that, you guys, uh, I do think this will be a awesome game. Um, I do think it is a total bounce back for Iowa State. I said this last week. I think I think we said the last week could be could serve as a bounce back opportunity, but I just find it hard seeing Matt losing three in a row. Um, but either way, um, yeah, go ahead and follow us uh, follow us on Twitter at Side of the Storm. Uh, we post a lot of uh, you know additional content, polls for player of the game. Um, You'll see this more likely from now on. For every road game, we'll tweet out like during the game, just like thoughts and whatnot. It'll be very hard to do it in home games because there's literally nothing inside Jack Trice, or at least especially from our spot. Verizon, help us out. Yeah, um, you know, you, you get US Cellular, and I don't know how many people have US Cellular. Yeah, I don't. I yeah. mean, it's you, you know always what? hear them, and they're like, okay, we can get text to go through. Well, we can't get Safari loads. So no. I don't know what's going on. Like. Do we do we need to put a poll on Twitter who has Verizon or US Cellular? Like, is this a legitimate poll right now, you guys? You might have to let us know. Um, but either way, um, like, like I was saying, we do try to post as much additional stuff as we can just to continue to, like, not only just have these two podcasts a week, but kind of continue to engage with you guys throughout the week um, and our thoughts and all that. But, yeah, like I said, that is at Side of the Storm. Go ahead and check it out. Um, but with that, you guys, um, Iowa State – K-State, under the lights, should be a good weekend. Absolutely. Hopefully we're a little more positive on Sunday. Yeah. And I think we will be. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, But, yeah, guys, until next time, roll clones, baby.